Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford joining us right now. He's our Blues Insider with The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at J.P. Rutherford. Uh, J.R., are you, are you shocked? Shocked that the Blues didn't get the first or second pick in the lottery? <laughs> shocked. I'm more shocked that uh, Chicago got it. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> How yeah, rigged is the in, NHL uh, lab, uh, draft it's lottery? It's completely rigged. Yeah, cut the sound bite. It's completely rigged. This thing, gosh, no. You know, I had three... Uh, colleagues the sports writers in the room when they did the drawing there with gary bettman and all three of them swear by it you know obviously it was done in advance before the tv show so you got to believe what uh, what you see with your own eyeballs i guess they were paid your colleagues yeah. are paid <laughs> some were saying that uh, some of the balls are frozen it makes them heavier and drops them to the bottom jr we disagree right. we totally right. disagree yeah, with that just doesn't make sense yeah yeah, you, you know what? I don't believe that it's rigged, but there has to be something that you could do with those balls to make it, you know, either pop up heavy, frozen, light, whatever. There's got to be something that you could do to those things. There always is, for sure. Jared, there's a lot of things you can do, for sure, uh, to achieve the desired outcome that you're yeah. looking for. Uh, so now that we know that the Blues are, they will have that 10th pick, of course, they'll have the, the back to back first round selections at the end of the round as well. What are you hearing in terms of draft strategy, philosophy? I'm sure that it's very difficult to figure out, you know, you kind of know the players that could be in that range, but who the Blues are specifically targeting. But when it comes to draft philosophy, what do we know? Yeah, here's what we know. And this is straight from the horse's mouth. Doug Armstrong, I uh, met up with him for a couple hours yesterday in Clayton, but there's a good and a bad uh, side of talking to uh, the general manager because, A, he seems like he's giving you pretty good information but at the same time, <laughs> doesn't he want to get the word out that he's got all these options and things that he wants to do and you know, wants other teams to, to see and read uh, what he's thinking? And, and so uh, he did lay it out on the table yesterday, guys, talking about the options with those late first-round picks that they got from Toronto and also the New York Rangers. You know, Still saying that you could use both of picks and, and bring in two prospects, that you could trade one of them down uh, and pick up perhaps two second-round picks for one of those guys. And he also mentioned the possibility of trading one of them, one of them for an established NHL player. And I said, have you identified those guys? Are there guys out there that you think could come in like a Kapanen, like a Verena, and help this team? And he said yes, but he did want to give those other teams 10 or 14 days to decompress after they, uh, their season ended. And so he said he's going to wait just a little bit longer before he reaches out to make those phone calls and see if those guys are available. Well. Now I'm going to be diving into the teams that just got eliminated and have a look at that, uh, what could be possible there. But there's a guy that I find intriguing, JR, and I want to get your thoughts on it because I think that that the number for this guy would be probably right, and I like his style of play and the fact that he has a lot of offensive upside and he's displaying it again. But what do you think of Max Domi? Max, Max Domi. First of all, Riv, I got to give it to you. 
you, you use all the pronouns he and his, and now you're going to put me on the spot and then uh, throw the name out there at the last second. And That's gotta, right, buddy. You know, come <laughs> Can't you just say Max Domi at the beginning of the question? No, I want, I, want, I, want I want organic, in-the-moment <laughs> answers, JR. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. And, hey, Dallas likes them, too, enough to, uh, you know, that last game that uh, Chicago played against Max Domi, late in the season, that's what caught the Stars' eyes, and they really liked the way he played. And, and so uh, he's been good for the, the Stars in that series. And, you know, he's a guy I think that could come in. You know, does, does he want to be part of what the Blues are doing? You know, he's an accent piece-type player like the Blues seem to be bringing in and would probably fit with the number, like you're saying. It wouldn't be uh, too exorbitant. Well, what I like about it is a couple things. He's been moved around quite a bit in the last handful of seasons. Uh, but doing background check on him, his teammates really like him. He's a very right. coachable, good guy. It just, in certain places, he's been the one that's been able to be moved. And in Chicago, talking to Luke Richardson, he said he was fantastic here. It was a horrible situation all year long because the team was obviously tanking. You know, Luke Richardson didn't say that, but they didn't have the players. But he said Max Domi was a consummate professional. He's a good leader. And then you watch his style of play. He can skate really well. He's he's fast. He gets in on the forecheck. He's not afraid to be physical. He'll throw the mitts down if he has to, but he also has enough high-end skill to play on a power play. I just feel like yeah, he's that, kind of tailor-made for what we're looking for. Yeah, that's what they're looking for. And, you know, obviously it wasn't a good situation in, in Columbus either for him, so he has bounced around a little bit, but seems to have found a, a stride here with Dallas. And the things that you mentioned, the skating and the forecheck, you know, if Doug Armstrong's looking for players in that 26-27 year range uh he's a guy who can come in and help you know i I think we can all agree that you don't get a lot of that from uh verona he's not that type of player he's got the speed but it it necessarily wasn't there in terms of the defensive play and you know the forecheck but you do get that with kapanen and i think you get it with domi too so if you're looking to add those types of players riv i'm right there with you He, he fits that category Jeremy Rutherford is our Blues insider with The Athletic, and he's joining us right now on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Anything else that you can share from your conversation with Army that was, again, something that you can share and that could be interesting? Yeah, a couple of things. First of all, uh, you know, it was about two hours long, and the first uh, 20 minutes or so were about that draft and, you know, what they could do with these picks. I did ask him about Bedard going to Chicago, and he said, yeah, well, yeah. Didn't they, didn't they move up to get Kane, too? Yeah. So you, you could kind of tell the – uh, sarcasm there with Army knows what's with, up <laughs> with Chicago uh, moving up, but I'll tell you guys the bulk of the interview yesterday, and I'm really excited about this piece when I'm able to sit down and work on it. The Blues have had ten years, ten plus years, we all know, of sustained success under Doug Armstrong. You look at the points percentage, you look at all the categories, goals against, goals for, everything. I saw a stat yesterday: uh, the Blues are the only team in the last ten years to win the Stanley Cup and they did not have a number one or number two overall pick. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and look at the last 10 years of sustained success with the Blues under Doug Armstrong. And what I did, guys, I went blow by blow, transaction by transaction, signing by trade, by coaching decision, by coaching fire, by coaching hire. And I asked Doug Armstrong about each of them, and he was pretty open about all that stuff. And so we'll probably break it into a two-parter, maybe do 2010 to 2015, 2016 to current and roll through everything. Well, I can't wait to, to read that. It sounds honestly, it sounds like it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, so again, for our listeners, get over to the uh, to the athletic Jeremy Rutherford or JP Rutherford on Twitter. Uh, Jr. Changing gears a little bit here from hockey, I want to talk about media and player relationships because obviously today Jack Flaherty 
uh, you know, he's taken some heat for the way he handled some of the dialogue last night post-game with Derek Gould and Jim Hayes originally. How hard is it sometimes for members of the media to, one, develop that relationship and that trust with the athlete and then not take it personally when something like that happens? Yeah, it's really hard. It really is. And the key to it, you know, Derek, Jim, all these people that have been in the locker room for years will tell you is getting in on the ground floor with some of these guys, you know, have an interaction with a Robert Thomas when he first gets here and kind of creating that credibility with them. And, and not only that, but uh, creating the credibility you have as a journalist going into that locker room every day, obviously Derek Gould and, uh, and Jim Hayes have that. Uh, but you know, you, you get put in these situations where uh, you're, you're never friends with these guys, but you just grow close to them because you see them every day and you work with them. So there's a working relationship with them. But then what happens? You know, maybe there's some bad play. How many times this year, you know, were we talking about Jordan Bennington or Jordan Cairo? And, you know, I needed to come on the air and tell you guys what I thought was the truth. And then the next day, walk up to his locker and try to have a conversation with him. So I think what you have to do is have a, a working relationship where they know that you got to be honest you've got a job to do, you're going to come ask tough questions, and you have to, as the athlete, I think, Riv, is, is engage in the conversation. You know, you can't have a situation like Flaherty where you're blowing it off and it looks like it looks. You know, I think these guys are just coming in and doing their job. So, you know, whenever you cross the athletes like this, I, I just kind of shake my head that, you know, they need to open up and, and realize that this is part of the job, and that's not how you treat these guys. Yeah, okay, so let's let's stick with that for a second. If you right now could be in front of a, a room of young professional athletes, what is the what is the one thing or what is a couple of things that you would tell them as far as handling media situations that maybe aren't favorable for them? Yeah, and I think that they need to get some instruction from the teams, which I do think they get. But if it were me, if I were in the room, you know, as you set up this hypothetical, I would just say, hey, look, you're going to – have a fat bank account. You're going to have fans at every corner, you know, telling you how great you are. You're not going to care about the media. In fact, you're probably going to hate the media after a year or two because it's every day coming up asking you why the power play isn't working out. But just give them the time of day. Just respect them. They're just coming in to do their job. And guess what? You know, the media are people too. You know, if you want to have an attitude and you want to you know, hide behind the scenes and back in the trainer's room and don't want to come out and answer the questions that we've got to ask, it's probably going to get tougher on you. It really is. And so you got the world by the tails, but, hey, this is part of the job. You know, I'll give it to Jordan Bennington. A lot of times when he comes out and talks to us and we ask some tough questions, you know, afterwards I'd, I'd say to him, you know, hey, thanks for coming out and doing this. And he says, hey, it's part of the show. you got to do it. It's part of the show. So, you know, I think there are some players that get it and hopefully they pass it on to the younger players because perhaps, you know, Riv, it probably doesn't do much for me if I would just say that to those guys, but it probably means a lot more coming from a veteran guy. Plus, you guys are a conduit to the fans. I mean, you're you're there, you're, you're trying to, you know, fans have questions, they don't have the access, and you're trying to ask questions that fans are, are going to discuss about, and fans will grow not only the, the game, but they'll, they'll grow the popularity of the athlete and the team. I agree. It's a great point. The only thing is it's so hard to kind of illustrate. And, and when I say this, I'm not trying to give the media any credit for being any conduit. It, it's a great job and we get paid to do it. And, you know, it's fun. Uh, but I think it's hard to illustrate to the players, the point that you're making that, Hey, uh, we're the conduit to the media, to the, to the fans. 
So these are the people that fill up the seats and pay your paychecks, you know, so you can buy that Lamborghini. And all they're looking <laughs> for, all they're looking for is an explanation as to why you didn't back check last night. So can you please come out and tell us so we can tell them right. so they can wonder why they spent $200 last night and didn't watch you back check. So, you know, hopefully that's the case. And, you know, last point I'll make is it's just a lot different than it was 20 years ago. And Riv knows this. You know, I used to walk in the locker room and you interview Keith Kachuk or Doug Waite or Dallas Drake. They were reading the Post-Dispatch. They were reading your articles. But it's different now because these guys necessarily aren't. And so I don't think they see the connection as to why there needs to be an explanation, why they need to go a little more in-depth to tell the fans what's going on. Well, JR, you know what? I I think there's some truth behind that. But I also feel like these players, they are seeing everything. A lot of them. They are. But this generation like to focus solely on when things are good. And they, they right. only click on the article when they had two goals the night before or three points or a shutout because that's just the way they are. They only want the positive reinforcement. It's it's an accountability thing. And it's not all of them, yeah. but I feel like that's kind of what happens too. And what better way than to change the narrative or at least give an explanation and to get out there, put yourself out there, answer the questions properly and at least then you have a voice in the article. Yeah, sometimes I don't think they see that side of it. I, I really don't. At least I wonder. Like when, when I have interactions like that with players, I scratch my head, do they really see that they could have a voice in this if they'd really participate? And, yeah, they do see stuff. You're right. It's just different. I remember Keith Kachuk used to basically walk in the locker room with the post patch in his hand, and he'd look at me and say, what do you mean I didn't get back? You know, what? You know, so you had, you had conversations about that where today – you know, they're posting pictures of what they did last night on Instagram, and it's just a lot different. Well, Big Walt used to walk in with the newspaper because we didn't have the cell phones like that. So when he had to do his morning <laughs> visit to uh, the bathroom, he had something to read in there. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, Big Walt's a beauty. JR, we appreciate you. Good stuff today, man. Thank you. Yep, yep. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. All right, that's Jeremy Rutherford at JP Rutherford on Twitter. You can follow him not only there, but check out his great work at The Athletic.